Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Rev. Todd Laddick, and today I bring you the message, Emancipation Proclamation, based off of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3-6. through 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3-6. through 6. So let us dive into the Word today. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of good news, of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, We don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts, so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. The revelation of Christ Jesus, when taken seriously, can be downright scary. Who is this one who demands my loyalty and faithfulness? Who is this one who calls me to surrender all? The answer to those questions can make or break us. In church today, I showed a clip, uh, which in this format I can't show, but it was of the 1977 uh, film uh, miniseries, Jesus of Nazareth, which is a sweeping six hours long altogether. But it uh, about the three hour and uh, 39 minute and 18 second mark. Uh, which you can you can capture the you can watch the film on YouTube. The whole full film is there for you to see for free. Um, but uh, at the again th- three hour or the um, yeah the three hour thirty nine minute and eighteen second mark. Uh, there's a scene where Peter wakes up in the middle of the night and uh, he's in a daze. But he he looks up, he sits up, and he looks and he sees that Jesus is sitting awake in the middle of the night, kind of just staring off into space, meditating or, or doing whatever. And Peter gets up and approaches him and sits down beside him and said, uh, Lord, you told us earlier that you were going to Jerusalem to die. But as your followers, as your students, we it's our duty to stop you from doing that. You can't go to Jerusalem. You must stop them from accomplishing the mission of killing you, Peter says. Jesus, at that point, uh, while he had been stoic and staring without really responding to Peter, at that point he closes his eyes and sighs and says, Peter, you speak in the terms of this world and not with the words of God. And then he looks away from Peter again and closes his eyes and he says, Get ye behind me, Satan. 
Peter is shocked. You can see the horror on his face as he hears those words and realizes that Satan might be speaking through him. And so he stands up and he backs away and he goes back to bed and lies down and the scene ends. We can all relate with Peter in the scene, can we not? What was seen in that scene directly precedes Jesus being transfigured on the mountaintop in Scripture. And just prior to the scene that was watched in church, Peter had declared Jesus the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Thus, in one moment, God spoke through Peter, revealing who Jesus Christ was. Jesus proclaimed Peter's words to be true and then spoke of how he was going to die and rise again as a part of God's plan. And in, in that scene, because I don't think they actually do the transfiguration scene um, in, that, in that film, but in that scene they kind of blend that moment of Peter's realization and then this light shining behind Jesus, like the glory of God almost shining behind him. Uh, it kind of combines those two scenes. But in reality, the transfiguration hadn't happened yet. And Peter... In this moment when Jesus asked him, who do you think I am? Peter answered, you are the, the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus proclaimed Peter's words to be true and how he was going to die and rise again, all as a part of God's plan. Yet in the other moment, which is the scene we, we, I was just explaining to you, Satan was speaking through Peter, preying upon Peter's desire to have Jesus be the worldly Messiah that would not die, but would conquer the Romans. Oftentimes, I, I speak of that desire when I, when I do funerals because uh, it's a great way of understanding the grief that the disciples were going through when they hear this message. All of their anticipations, all of their, their aspirations, all the things that they put their hope in were proving to be false. Jesus didn't come to conquer the Romans. Jesus came to conquer sin and death in all the world, in all of us. And what's more, on the mountaintop, after being scolded by Jesus, Peter was still not willing to let go of that worldly desire. Even as the fullness of God was shown in Jesus, Peter was ready to set up a military camp. I oftentimes, when, in Sunday school, when I learned this lesson, I thought tents like, oh, they're going camping. But that's not what they were doing. They were setting up military tents. Let's set up one for Elijah, one for Moses, one for you. And we can draw our plans and take Jerusalem by siege. That's what, that's what Peter was thinking. Even after all of this stuff had been revealed to him. Even after he had been scolded by Jesus. And, and Jesus had said bluntly, get behind me, Satan. Peter's still holding on. Still imprisoned by those desires, those thoughts, those understandings. Isn't it true that we allow our worldly desires and attachments to imprison us? Isn't it true that, like Peter, we often miss the point we cling to? We often miss the point as we cling to the self-imposed bars around us? 
In our scripture today, Paul was addressing a similar attitude in the church, in the church of Corinth. Those who have, uh, in, my, in my church, who have studied uh, 1 Corinthians with me in our adult Bible study, uh, know the kind of mess that church was in. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, Paul wrote, Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. It is a mistake to think that Paul is merely referring to non-believers. Rather, he was addressing this to the Corinthians, to the Corinthian church. There were people in their midst who, like Peter on the mountaintop, still didn't truly believe. They had seen and heard the good news of Jesus Christ, but in their hearts, they were imprisoned by their former desires, understandings, and ways of living. Paul was addressing them and those believers who were giving in and following them. After all, it can be all so confusing, right? And sometimes the people with the best of intentions can lead us down a very wrong path. In fact, the phrase goes, the road, the road to hell is often paved by good intentions, right? Paul was addressing them and those believers who were following them. In verse 5, Paul went on to remind them that the message was not about them, not about Paul, not about the Corinthian church. Rather, the message was and always had been uh, about Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is the message, not me, not you, not them, not Paul, not anybody but Jesus Christ. In verse 6, Paul reminded his readers that the same God who created light in the darkness is the same God who has revealed that light to us in Jesus Christ and is the same God who has put light in our hearts so that we can know the glory of God that is seen in the face of of Jesus Christ. In other words, for those who truly believe, we have seen Christ's presence and work within us. Amen? The question for you to ask yourself is this. Do you truly believe that Jesus Christ is Lord? Have you witnessed the glory of God through Jesus Christ? Have you seen the presence and work of Christ within you? 
in the good news of Jesus Christ, we have our Emancipation Proclamation. We as individuals and as the church have been freed from the bondage of the world. We no longer have to bow down to the world's way of doing things, such as peace through strength and eye for an eye, salvation through merit and whatnot. Instead, we are free to follow the true Savior by picking up our crosses and following Him and only Him. As the church, how can we pick up our crosses and follow Jesus? What are the societal norms that Christ is calling us to abandon? Who are the people Christ is calling us to reach? The least, the lost, and all who are in need of the way, the truth, and the life. It is time that we follow Christ and not the world. As we approach Ash Wednesday in Lent, reflect on how you can grow closer to Christ, to the one who died for you, to the one who carried his cross for you. Think of what spiritual disciplines you can practice throughout Lent to help you attain that closeness to Christ. During this week, you, uh, I'm sending out an email to uh, my congregation and posting on Facebook uh, the, the uh, Lenten resources uh, in fact, I'm going to be sending out scripture readings uh, throughout the entirety of Lent for people to read. They're not long, but things to just read and reflect on and read again and reflect on and, and kind of have a little personal study time. And perhaps some other Lenten resources. And I'd invite you, uh, if if you are not a member of the church and you don't have access to resources that are being, being given to you through your church or you want to check out other resources along with those, uh, you can go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash newton.umc, and that will bring you to our, uh, our Facebook page. Again, facebook.com forward slash Newton, N-E, as an elephant, N as in uh, Nancy, N-E, W, T as in Tom, O as in orange, N as in Nancy, dot, U, M, C as in United Methodist Church. That will bring you to our Facebook page, and at some point, uh, you know, it won't be there today, but some point through the week, perhaps midweek, uh, or before, it'll, uh, it'll be there sometime probably on Ash Wednesday or, or beyond Ash Wednesday, just a little bit, you you will uh, you will see uh, that I I had posted uh, uh, those resources there for you to 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 grab. So um, again, uh, if you are listening to this and you want to make use of those resources, they'll be there for you. 
It is time that we grow closer to Christ and follow Him, not the world. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, I thank you and praise you for this challenging, but hopefully uplifting and encouraging message that, that you have called us to, to really center our whole being on you. You have filled our hearts with your light. Your light shines forth from our hearts if we would but just place our faith in you and find ourselves open to seeing you for who you really are rather than who we hope you are. It's not about what we want. It's not about us. It's all about you, Jesus. Reveal yourself to us so that we may truly and wholly follow you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, friends, thank you again for uh, uh, joining me. I'll have the link uh, to uh, our Facebook page in the notes below. Also in the notes below, um, you can... Um, check out uh all of the different uh links in there but uh in particular if this is your spiritual feeding for the week and you would like to support first united methodist church of newton uh we would love and and appreciate your support we truly uh have gone through a tremendously unprecedented time and uh, have had to pioneer pioneer our ways through it um, and giving, you know, as in all churches, has been down. Uh, thankfully, uh, the, those who have given have given consistently, and we've been able to carry through by the grace of God. But your support would certainly be, be appreciated and uh, welcome. So if, if that is the case and you feel called to give, uh, we would appreciate that. And the link to give uh, is in the episode notes. If this is just supplemental and you attend another church, by all means, uh, focus your giving on your church. They need it as well. But in all things, Remember, you are richly blessed so that you may be a blessing to others. Go in peace.